Coming to you on some serious tape delay via a podcast near you. From that hockey hotbed of San Jose, California, it's Dudes on Hockey. He is now accepting callers. He is calling me Dude. And now your hosts, Mike and Doug. Hey there and welcome to Dudes on Hockey Podcast. I'm Mike, that's Doug. Dude, this is a first. A first for us experiencing the Stanley Cup Finals in our first podcast in how many episodes, dude? 300? Four, this is 341. 341. This is our post-Stanley Cup hangover episode. Yeah. After having experienced the first Stanley Cup Finals in San Jose Sharks history in their 25th year, the Sharks go to the Stanley Cup Finals and unfortunately lose in six games on home ice the Pittsburgh Penguins, we were both there. A exciting yet emotionally devastating evening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, dude, I, I'm kind of at a loss. Uh, a little bit of a loss for words. I'm sure we'll get warmed up here a little bit as we go. But on my way over here to the Dudes on Hockey studio, I was trying to think of... What am I going to say What again? am I going to say today? Because... I've noticed some folks online, and honest, obviously, I I have tried not to read that much coverage right now because I'm just I'm I'm grieving, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm grieving. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's fair. I think Pete DeBoer put it best early in this run. He said, "It's still a long summer, whether you lose now right. or at the end." Yeah, and yeah. I'm not sure what's harder for them to digest if it is knowing that they were two wins away from the first Stanley Cup in San Jose Sharks history, or if you lose in the first round. Like, right. obviously, you want to make it to the Stanley Cup finals, but what what hurts more? Like, right. you know, it's hard to say well, that from was, a fan or a player's perspective. That was the, the Twitter poll I put out last week, which was, which would be worse to have the Sharks lose on the road in five games or to have the Sharks come back home and lose on we get to watch the penguins lift the cup in game six. And a lot of people say game five and I disagreed. Then do you disagree? Even now having lived it, having been there, watch Sidney Crosby get hand, hand of the cup, etc. So the question was, which would be harder to watch, w- which would just be worse. I mean, what will oh, be, I think will be it worse. would be worse to lose in game five. Like I think in them going to game six, Gave them a semblance of dignity in this series. <laughs> yeah, that's that true. Over the test of time, you'll see the Sharks lost 4-2. That certainly looks a lot better than 4-1. Yeah, that's true. Even though I think most Sharks fans would agree that this series played a little bit more like a 4-1. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can get into that in a little bit. If we want to get more depressed, is but, what you're saying. But I, I'm trying not to be depressed. Like, I'm trying yeah. not to be depressed. I'm sure there's a lot of talking points that people are circling right now the future of Patrick Marlowe, how Joe Pavelski underperformed in the Stanley Cup Finals, the amazing play of Martin Jones and how now people are championing him to be the goalie for Team Canada in the World Cup, <laughs> which I think is amazing. <laughs> right. That, you know, he would not have even been in the conversation and was not originally named, and now maybe he's going to be vaulted into the starting position for... Arguably the top right. 
national team in the sport. Like, yeah, it's like what? It's pretty amazing. Well, I mean, he had an incredible run, dude. An incredible run in the Stanley Cup Finals, and you hope it's not a flash in the pan, right? But he made some saves, some amazing saves in Game Six. Like, yeah, there was just jaw dropping in Game Five too, right? That. He kept them in this series. He was clearly the Sharks MVP in the Stanley Cup Finals. And he's in the conversation now as an elite goaltender and the type of goalie that can, he almost did. He almost stole. Win the series for the San Jose Sharks, dude. I'm going to turn it around here so our folks on Periscope can see you. Right. Uh, No, I think you're right. I Martin Jones was a revelation, right? He was a revelation in this series. I wouldn't say he came out of nowhere because we saw great play from him all season long, but the fact is, is that he almost pulled the Craig Anderson. He almost stole... I mean, he, he, flat, he flat out stole game five. He did. Um, and, you know, he had a great game six, and, you know, the Sharks made sort of a fatal error, which is they scored a goal, and then they forgot to tighten up on the next shift because so many teams you see it they go just all out on the next shift we got to get that goal back and and Pittsburgh did and they scored on the very next shift and and retook the lead and that was sort of it but it wasn't Martin Jones's fault it was an open look by Chris Letang and he put it away and that was sort of that and I think the Sharks only had two shots in the third period or something but you know it was it was certainly disappointing that the Sharks did not really you know, seemed outmatched in the entire series. I mean, I wouldn't say they outplayed the Penguins in any of the games. No, I agree with you. And I was surprised at how outmatched they were. Right. And I certainly don't think anyone expected this series to be as lopsided as it was. I mean, if you watched it, you know how lopsided it was. Yeah. I mean, it really yeah. was. It was. Um, the Penguins dictated the style of play for all six games. The Sharks had moments sure. where they imposed their style, but they never got that suffocating forecheck implemented right. because they weren't able to put any pressure on Pittsburgh, and Pittsburgh was never in the situation where they were having to go back down and retrieve. Like they right. were they were in control of all six games. Their personnel performed better than the Sharks personnel. Their stars performed better. Right. And their role players performed better. Right. Our goalie was better. And I think that would have been... That was almost enough. It was almost (laughs) enough. It really was. I mean, it almost was enough. And it just, I think, highlighted what where the opportunity was because I, I do not think Matt Murray is that good. Right. Think he's fine. Yeah. Think he's average. Right. And clearly they played well enough for an average goaltender. It was a little bit like a no disrespect, a little bit like a Niemi in Chicago situation. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. They, it was good enough. Good enough. But not an integral part of the formula right. to win. Right. No, I agree with that. And and of course losing to Mush Hurdle was right. that well hurts. we'll we'll never know what that would have meant. And, you know, I mean, some people will go, well, they lost the two games with Tomas Hurdle. Yeah, but he still was mm-hmm. one of their best players he was like in the both best those player games. In those game. yeah. And you, you got to figure he would have made an impact 
in this series. But um, I don't think it would have changed the outcome, you know. Right. Uh, I agree of, with that too. Of of what would have happened. So if people are looking for excuses, you know, I I don't know where there are excuses to be found. Right. You know, I think the Sharks ran into finally they ran into a better team. Yeah. They, and they lost. They did. And that's that's the only way that I can process this in a effective way is that. Any other series, I would have felt like the Sharks blew it and they lost to a team they should have beat. Like, if mm-hmm. they'd lost Game 7 to Nashville, yeah, we would have been furious. Right. Come on. Right. Like, I mean, right. really? But this, you know, I mean, Pittsburgh, they had everything going. Right. And, you know, hats off to them for sure. And, yeah, all their best players were playing like it. Chris yeah. Letang was playing great, you know, and that third line matchup was really tough for the Sharks. I think Kevin Kurz put it kind of best. He said, you know, Polak looked fine in the first three series, but he really did not look fine against the Penguins. I mean, they really right. exploited him quite mercilessly. And basically they could, you know, either he was playing against Malkin, he was playing against Crosby, or he was playing against the Penguins' best line. Right. And it was mostly Malkin and... I mean, it's not like Malkin went off, but that was certainly a lot of scary moments there. And, you know, I've read some people saying now Stanley Cup Finals over. The Pollock trade is a miserable, miserable failure. You know, they mm-hmm. should never have replaced Dylan DeMello. Uh, come on. Yeah, that's, like, a, mon- I mean, th- that's, that's a Monday morning quarterback that's, situation. That's, give me a break. Like, right. I... I don't think the Sharks would have made it this far without him. I'm not saying that we should keep him or resign him or, you know, I, I don't know what Doug Wilson's intentions are. We know what his track record is. Right. He usually doesn't trade for players unless their last name is Winnick and, and have <laughs> he has the intention on keeping him. Uh, but I don't I don't think you put Dylan DeMello in that situation. Would he have done any better? Like, I, I don't know. We I, won't know, but yeah, I don't think know. you could circle that and go, they lost because of Roman Polak. They lost because of a lot of things. Yeah, they lost yeah. because their captain passed the puck when he was standing feet away right. from the net. He passed. I could not believe that when right. I saw that. Yeah. It was almost like Joe Pavelski got posted up like he was Byron Houston in the old Golden State days. <laughs> uh, posting up in in the key and instead of turning around and shooting, which he does 100% of the time, right. he passed it. Yeah. I could not believe that, dude. What, is, what does that say to you in that situation? I can't help but think he was hurt. But he says he was not. I know, but come on. I mean... There's a difference between saying you're not hurt because you don't want to make an excuse and actually not being hurt. Those are two different things. I think it was mental. Like I think that it could have been it, the key was he couldn't. He missed two wide open nets earlier. Yeah, he couldn't get it going. Yeah, you know, and really neither could Brent Burns. Right, and or you know we could go down the list, dude. Right, but I don't think that you go now and you go. Well, this season was a failure. Some right. people said, well, that's a failure. Are you high? Yeah. It's like, like no one expected If we could this. have told you the Sharks were going to be in the Stanley Cup Finals, our first finals in 25 years, you would have called everybody a liar, and I would have called you a liar too. Yeah, yeah. Because none of us would have thought that. I'm grateful. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for the experience. I'm less bitter about it than I expected. I expected this to be... I mean, of course, it wasn't pleasant to be there, 
when they handed the cup to Crosby, but I was able to sort of enjoy the moment there for a second and say, like, you know, they made a lot further than we thought. They really did seem to come together and beat some good teams. And they, they, and they ran into the hottest team in the NHL the second half of the season and a team that was frankly unbeatable about after a game four or five in the uh, Tampa Bay series. You know, they outplayed the Sharks in all the games. They were the better team. And that happens sometimes. Right. You know? and, and I don't think you can feel that bad about it. I don't know if we want to go... You know, someone commented, I'm not looking at too many comments here on Periscope, so I feel kind of bad about it, but, um, you know, yeah, like Dan just said, sucks, but proud of what the Sharks did. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, Dan. That's right. I mean, the, this team, you know, from the players, from the coach, mm-hmm. from that whole staff. DeBoer bump. It's a DeBoer bump. It happened, and now we can fully expect failure next year. But, <laughs> I mean, and Doug Wilson, <laughs> and full credit to Doug Wilson. Right. Full credit. Mm-hmm. And this was a redemption type year where in the past few seasons, he's made some really poor moves. Yes. He took a gamble this year. He traded our first round pick for Martin Jones. And that's a win. Yeah. That's a win. No question. Uh, he made two really shrewd free agent signings in Paul Martin and Joel Ward. Yep. Both outstanding. And his free agent signing of Jonas Donskoy, it could end up being the best one because how off the radar was that? I mean, completely off the radar. What a deal, yep. Jonas Donskoy. And the trades he made, Nick Spalling, very useful piece. I think Nick Spalling is, yeah, he's sort of like a underrated look. I think, I think Nick Spalling is a, a very good, useful player for the Sharks. He's a good fourth-line player, and, and he's responsible and... Uh, the type of guy that you hope that his appearance in the Stanley Cup final didn't put him into a price range right. that the Sharks now aren't going to be able to afford. But he is he he's an unrestricted. Yeah, player. I believe so. Yeah, so you know, so Polak and Spalling and I can't remember who else. There there might be one other. And you see what you see with these guys is when they end up in the finals. Now their price might have just gone up. Right, and so. That'll be a decision the Sharks will have to make is, you know, they don't have a ton of cap space to work with. There may be more if a Patrick Marlowe trade goes through, which I right. think is I mean, a Patrick, topic for maybe later today or right now or next week. But, I know a lot of know, people are bagging on him, and I'm not going to completely belabor it, but Patrick Marlowe was pretty invisible, like not just in the Pittsburgh series, but like the playoffs, he was not... I mean, I you know Chris Tierney was a better player in the playoffs than Patrick Marlowe was, and, yeah. it, and it wasn't close. Yeah, I, I right. I, agree. I, I did not really expect this drop off from Patrick Marlowe so quickly because you still saw some of those flashes of speed at certain points, mm-hmm. you know, and you saw some of those races where he just punked everybody and just got two steps ahead of everybody right. and scored. And so, if he still has that skill level, then why isn't he playing like the thirty goal Patrick Marlowe that we had only a couple of years ago? Well, you wonder if if Doug Wilson may be able to pull off a, a Patrick Sharp type deal here, you know, whereas, you know, Marlowe won't have the same stock as Patrick Sharp, but yeah. it's probably in the ballpark, yeah, you know, be, and, and, and especially now just being in the Stanley Cup finals, if he really still wants to move, mm-hmm. you know, he can go play for Randy Carlisle down in Anaheim. <laughs> what do, 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 do. Well, there's a lot of good NHL news we'll talk about in a second, <laughs> but to stay with Marlowe, there was also a little bit of noise about how maybe him and DeBoer didn't really quite agree 
I think there was a comment oh, that I yeah. read somewhere that DeBoer said, I'm not putting Patrick Marlowe where he wants to play. I'm putting him where it's best for the team. Yeah, I mean, he said something like that or something like, I'm not here to like make Patrick Marlowe happy or to worry about hurting people's feelings. Yeah. You know? Um, we'll see. I mean, we know that he... He was doing well as like a third line center, and then he got moved up when when Hurdle's injury happened, and um, certainly was getting all that power play time. Yeah, I mean, he was in position to make an impact. He didn't, but it's certainly not him alone. Like there were many, you know, basically uh, everybody in the Stanley Cup Finals <laughs> didn't. Yeah, they, they, they didn't play they great didn't except for play Jones. Great, except and, for Jones. Except for Jones, and uh, that's. That's that. Did they underperform? I don't know. Or did they just play against a team that was better? Yeah. Uh, we will never know the true answer to that, dude. But you certainly look at the team that they have and feel like they can be competitive again next year. Yeah, that, that's that's sort of the next question, right? I think someone asked early on, again, I'm sorry I'm not seeing all the comments on, on the Periscope, but someone said, Are, will the Sharks get back to the Stanley Cup Finals in the next five years? And, and this is where sort of the pessimist will... I'm not going to dwell on it too much, but I find it kind of difficult to believe because, you know, it seems like the team is aging and the best players are on the far side of the peak. Generally in the NHL, you see the peak between like 25 and 28 and all the Sharks best players right now, at least, you know, Pavelski, Burns, Thornton, Marlowe, you know, these guys are all past 30, right? Not that they can't be great players, not that they can't be superstars going forward, but it would be very unlike any of these players to, to make a significant step forward or get better. I mean, Brent Burns obviously is, is world-class and Norris Trophy and all that, but I, I think we'd, we, it would have to be soon. Like It would have to be in the next year or the next two years for the Sharks to continue to benefit from the high skill level of those players I just mentioned. And and maybe we will see that if Chris Tierney turns into the player that I know a lot of people have now seen, right? If Jonas Donskoy continues to mature into a 25 or 30 goal scorer, like this could be a very dangerous team in yeah. a couple of years if those older players can maintain their their level, right? But well, that's that's a big if, right? Well, we certainly didn't see a drop off from Joe Thornton except for oh, man. when he ran into Sidney Crosby. Yeah, you know I mean, like, an and, awesome and, and everybody, you know, not everybody, but most everybody plays like crap when you play Sidney Crosby. He's, yeah. you know, he's, uh, he's the best player in the world. He's pretty great. Yeah, you know, so, <laughs> um, I think it's not impossible. You know, the way the Sharks are able to keep this core together and. Um, got a comment here. Get a healthy hurdle, a more experienced Carlson and Donskoy, and why not? And I think there's a player that's not in that mention there, Dan, is a Timo Meyer. I mean, we don't yeah. know how good Timo Meyer is there. Dan just added add in Meyer. I mean, that's exactly right. I mean, uh, Timo Meyer's still 19 years old. I, I think maybe him becoming an impact player next year is asking a little bit too much, but certainly high hopes for that guy. Yeah, I'd love to see him him do well and. I, I think you're right. I th if, if things break right, I th things broke right for the Sharks, and I think all teams need some stuff to break right, right? We see a team like Chicago, who a lot of people thought would come back to the finals, who are maybe the team to beat in the Western Conference, even though they weren't the highest seed. They got bounced. They got bounced in the first round. Like, this is how the NHL playoffs work. Like, you kind of need some breaks, and the Sharks got them this year, and there's nothing to say that they couldn't get them again next year because I think they have the personnel to compete with anybody. It'll be very interesting. It'll be an interesting offseason to see 
you know, and now there's another factor that's out there, which is, you know, NHL expansion, which, you know, we can yeah. maybe get to in a moment. We but, should. We should. Uh, the team in Vegas, Viva Las Vegas. Gary yeah. Bettman loves Vegas. He, he approved the deal at the Gold Club. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> in San Francisco or in Vegas? Oh, uh, both. Okay. Because <laughs> there's no Gold Club in Vegas. Where would he have been? Spearmint Rhino. Spearmint Rhino. That's yeah. right. Not that I know. I've heard no, of that. My no, we, friend just, of mine went there once. Just by it. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, dude, <laughs> crazy. I mean, not good for the fans of Vegas that I think will be the home fans because their arena will be invaded by visiting fans every single night. But fun to go and watch yeah. the team play there. I mean, you know, we're usually good for a trip to Vegas a year that you usually pay for. But, uh, Dude, I mean, I, I'm excited about that, but that is already altering how some teams are considering their offseason moves because you can only protect a certain number of players, which we won't get into all of the ins and outs of that, but how much will the Sharks be impacted by this You know, when they're looking to protect contracts and there's all these rules about they have to have played, I think it's the... Seventy forty rule or something like that. Mm. You know, seventy games in the last two years and forty in the year before the draft or something like that. Right. You have to leave a certain amount of experienced players on the table. That's why you know there's hemming and hawing about Dustin Brown maybe yeah. being bought yeah. out because yeah. the or the Kings might just keep him and hope that Vegas takes him. And yeah, you know yeah. I mean, right, you know, right, you're right. you're gonna have some situations like that. So the Sharks may have some interesting moves ahead, so they can protect some of these players, or maybe they're just going to shelter them. You know, we may not see a Timo Meyer yeah. next year, you know, because then you don't have to include him in the protection situation. Although I know there's rules against players under a certain age too. So yeah, I don't know, dude, a serious question though. Yes. Since you portrayed the black Knight in spam lot once, yes. what, what do you think of the black Knights as the mascot for Vegas? Because I can't, not think of Monty Python when I think of the Black Knights. I think of the logo of the guy sitting right. on the ground with no arms and, and legs. Like that would be the greatest logo in sports, would yes. it not? It would. Yeah. Um, I'm not dead yet. Just a flesh wound. Just a yeah, you know, That's just, what he says. It's just a flesh wound. Yeah, that's right. Oh, and I'll blight your bloody kneecaps off. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know. The Black Knight always yeah. triumphs. <laughs> oh. uh, yeah, I've. The Vegas Black Knights. No. You think that's going to be what's going to stick? I mean, when you think of Vegas, that's supposedly the name. When you think of Vegas, you don't really think of like medieval knights and so forth. I mean, isn't that like a Nottingham Forest thing? I mean, you know, Vegas? Vegas Gamblers. Yeah, the Gamblers with ORS. Gambler, like, you know, sort of like uh, Or the uh, the Vegas Wayne Newtons. Ooh, (laughs) that would be good. The Vegas Charos. (laughs) <laughs> the Vegas Charos, yeah. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, that would be... Man, there's so many good ideas there. Yeah. You know, the Vegas Dinos. You know, everybody dresses <laughs> up like Dean Martin. Oh, man. Oh, man. Anyway, but, well. uh, dude, I think in... I, there hasn't been a lot of other news. We don't have an injury report yet for the Sharks, which is really... Oh, dances the Elvises. Elvises would be good. Yeah, that'd be good. Um, yeah, I mean, there, there hasn't been a lot of specifics about Tomas Hurdle's injury, although other than people have noted that it was the same knee. It's the same knee. But evidently, he doesn't need surgery, I right. thought I heard. So, so it's not terrible. But we don't know anything about anybody else, which is weird. I wish 
you know, we knew more yeah. about that. But I could also see how there was a picture on Instagram with Logan Couture with like a five inch scar on his thigh with with like ten stitches right. in it. I don't know what that was from, but he must have had some sort of surgery or something. I guess I don't know bone bru. You know, I don't know yeah, what where where you know. would get why you would get operated on there specifically, but I don't know. That was his ankle. Someone's an ankle. Maybe got it. Maybe, maybe an ankle. Cut. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe got I, cut I, or ankle surgery or something. But anyway, it was. No, you know. we would have heard if he had an ankle surgery. He must have just had a cut. I mean, that could have happened in the middle of the series. Oh, you know. Okay. Anyways, what do I know? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I didn't see the picture. Dude. I don't know. It looked yeah. like a surgical. I thought it was his leg, but I guess it wasn't. I don't know. Right I'm not. A, what am I, a doctor? <laughs> I'm. I'm a. What, what does he say? I'm damage him. Damage him. I'm. I'm, I'm a doctor, I'm not a bricklayer. <laughs> Oh man! We're keeping it young, dude. We're we're I, full of Wayne Newton, Dean Martin, <laughs> and original Star Trek references. I I think just in closing about the cup, dude. I I'm so grateful that I got to go, and I had a great time. And yeah. the atmosphere in the tank was second to none. I've sec- never yeah. seen it like that before. It was it amazing. Was, it was incredible. I thought the Sharks as an organization did a great job of producing the cup finals except for the shirts. Yeah. Those shirts, those giveaway shirts. Some of them were bad. They were bad. Yeah, not great. And I didn't understand it. Yeah. Like I didn't understand who proved those. But um, <laughs> but other than that, that is a very minor critique. Uh, the entire overall experience was outstanding and I'm going to remember it forever, dude. And I think I, I, it hit me about two hours after the game where I was, I, I went somewhere afterwards to just try and get my mind off of it. Yeah. Uh, my wife was having a, a party at, at her work and someone was asking me at the game and I was fine until I started to talk about it. Yeah. And I, I admit I, I got choked up a little bit. Really? Like I, I just, I mean, I was just talking about it. I was saying, you know, this and that. It's really too bad that they lost. And I just kind of got like flooded with a little bit of weird emotion. Like I felt yeah, weird yeah. about it. But I think it just, it was, a, it was a special moment. It was. Like that I think we'll remember forever. And it, it wasn't that I felt sad that they lost. I think I just, I was excited. It was an amazing couple months. Right. And unexpected. And I think that just kind of, flooded over me really quickly i'm i'm sure for some of our listeners uh they felt the same way or uh they think i'm a complete sissy (laughs) (laughs) well i think there's also a sort of a special a specialness to it the fact that you know this is a team that you know was the number three seed in their division right (laughs) i mean it's not like this was a, a stanley cup favorite and there were certain expectations that weren't met i mean this is a team i think you know we probably felt a lot like maybe you know, the Oilers felt when they got to the finals in what, like 06 and, and lost in seven games to Carolina or whatever it was that year. And, you know, the Oilers were the eighth seed that year. You know, it was like one of those things was sort of like lightning in a bottle. And I think a lot of the Sharks fans sort of, and it was kind of amazing to see, you know, it, it makes me a little upset being a, you know, diehard Sharks fan and a diehard hockey fan to see empty seats in the first round or even the first couple rounds, a few empty seats in round two. And then all of a sudden, everybody jumps on for the Stanley cup finals, but you know, everybody I know that only went to the Stanley cup finals loved it. They thought it was like the greatest thing ever. And maybe those people will watch more hockey coming, you know, going forward. So, you know, I can't complain too hard about that. 
and it was just it was amazing you know going to every single playoff game and and seeing those guys really come back and and they showed a lot of heart in in all the games you know it's like they never laid down and i think that was no you know we always talk about same old sharks and all this kind of stuff they ran up against the better team they fought hard in game five they fought hard in game six they tied the game couldn't hold the lead it happens they didn't choke they didn't give it away you know they were outmatched i mean it's that's what it was it's too bad sometimes you get to the finals and you know, there there were like three or four sweeps in the Stanley Cup Finals in the 90s. I went back and was looking at some Stanley Cup Finals records. It's not like this is, you know, and the Sharks won two games. So, you know, this is not unheard of for there to be a little bit of a mismatch there. So, mm. Sharks ran to the better team. It happens. I'm looking forward to the next season, you know. <laughs> it's like, I want to see what, what this team can do next. You know, what, what can they do? Can they build on this? We were just asked this question here on Periscope is that, what can they do next? And the question is asked, well, what was the difference this year? Honestly, I think the difference was two things. It was those two free agents that you mentioned, Joel Ward and Paul Martin, and it was Pete DeBoer. If I had to say three things, it would be those three things. I think you're leaving out a pretty important part. Martin Jones. Martin Jones, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the difference was... More, more goaltending than anything. More Martin Jones. That was certainly the difference in... That was certainly the difference in the Stanley Cup Finals between them getting swept and not. But And obviously, he played well in the playoffs, but I don't think Martin Jones was the reason why they won the first three series. Okay, fair enough. You know, yeah. I think it was more the depth of the team and and those other guys I mentioned and the fact that Pete DeBoer instituted a system that all the guys could buy into, completely smothered and, and frustrated the hell out of you know the Blues, who took out Chicago. They must have been feeling pretty good about that. And they ran to the Sharks, and the Sharks just absolutely dominated them like most of the games, right? It was almost right. a, another situation. I mean, the Sharks were up 4 nothing in some of these games and just like crushed them. Right. Crushed them in game six. So I, I you know, I've, I chalked that up more to Peter DeBoer than, than Martin Jones, but Martin Jones certainly is the most exciting player, new player to come out of last season. There's no doubt about that. Can he make the step from being a player with a great season to an elite goaltender because there's been many, many goaltenders in the past that have had a great season and then slide back into the middle of the pack. It's very difficult to assert yourself that way in the NHL. So I, I, of course, you know, he certainly seems to have that, that poise and that like just the way he goes about his job, which is extremely calming, I think. And I, you know, I, I think it could easily happen. I mean, Doug Wilson certainly targeted him for a reason and everybody was worried about that first round pick, and now no one's saying they they overpaid for him. Right? You want to have pick twenty nine, or you want Martin Jones? <laughs> yeah, right? Exactly. I mean, it's a, it's a no brainer. So we look ahead to uh, next week, dude. You know, next weekend is the NHL draft. The right. Sharks have no first round pick right now. Right? You know, uh, will they be working to try and obtain one? I mean, the next week will will reveal that. We're seeing some. Some trades happen if we want to jump into NHL yeah. news. You yeah. know, we've seen uh, Chicago make a trade with Carolina where they they traded uh, Tara Vinen and Brian Bickle to Carolina for a second round pick. Wow, they finally it's the got only rid of way. But it's the only way they could get rid of uh, uh, get rid of Bickle was right. by attaching a young, <laughs> right? You know, promising soon to be unrestricted free agent to him. I think they realized with with him that they weren't going to be able to probably pay to retain him. Mm-hmm. So let's just cut bait now and get the second. I think it was a second and a third. Mm-hmm. 
you know, so that's that's tough stuff. Goligoski. Yeah, that's that's shocking because he was their best defenseman this year. And well, they had the other kid I think was maybe better. Oh, Kling. uh, Yeah, Klingman. Yeah, he was probably better. Yeah, Klingberg. He was pretty good. But but Goligoski is a pretty good defenseman. He got traded or his rights got traded to Phoenix. So Phoenix has a week to try it and sign him before he comes in becomes an unrestricted free agent. That's like flushing $100 down the toilet, don't you think? I mean, there's a 0% Phoenix? chance oh, that yeah. he signs in Phoenix. I mean, why Why would he sign in Phoenix or in, or in Arizona? Like, I mean, they're going to roll out the red carpet and offer him a ton of money. Sure. Um, someone else will. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I. he probably, his agent probably called him, hey, you got traded to Arizona. Click. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, good. They have any golf courses yeah, out there? You know, I so mean, we'll play there's some just, golf. there's, there's no way he signs there, even if they offer him seven million. Like, I mean, I don't think there's any way that he signs there. I mean, this guy is going to have offers from a lot of other teams. Now, we haven't really taken a good look at the free agent market, but if I remember right, this this market was pretty weak, mm-hmm. and I think that's why Doug Wilson was so active. If I, if I remember right, so uh, he may be a the absolute top of the food chain. And that might be why Dallas decided to say, there's no way we're going to be willing to, or able to pay him. Right. You know, that amount of money, especially since we've got, you know, $10 million plus locked into garbage goaltending. Right. (laughs) Which is the truth. That's absolutely true. And that's going to be their Achilles heel for a while, unless they can try and get out from under, yeah, they got one of those two players. You know, I wouldn't be surprised right? to see one of those guys get bought out this summer because, you know, they're they're not going to win a Stanley Cup with those two goaltenders. No, and they're financially committed to them. Right, right. Oops, I mean, it was a bad. We said it last. It was a bad signing to sign Niemi to that kind of term and money. Yeah, and yeah, it didn't work out so well. Backfiring for them. Dude, is there anything else you want to say? Of course, we're going to be here. You know, the message is that we always broadcast through the summers. The podcasts tend to get longer and more rambling. <laughs> but uh, it, it's kind of more fun because there's a lot of speculation there. Sure. And- well, I think let's try and do one next week before the yeah. draft. Okay. You know, and we can kind of preview what moves might be ahead. And, of course, free agency to come. And, you know, the Sharks have some decisions to make on some players. I mean, as I'm just sort of thinking out loud, I believe Spalling and Polak are the two big unrestricted free agents that, oh, and James Reimer. Yeah. You know, which, but I mean, he's, he's in the Goligoski camp. There's no chance the Sharks keep him. He's the Cam Talbot of 2016. Is he not? (laughs) No, no. He's the Cam Talbot. I mean, he's the, he's the backup goaltender that everybody wants to sign. Right. Well, I don't think the Sharks are going to keep him. Right. But but I don't think people are going to go crazy over him just because his long-term track record doesn't spell out to be In a starter. I know, but who's who's going to sign him to be their number 1? That Calgary. The, well, maybe. maybe. I mean, maybe. you know, th- maybe. I mean, I I think that 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 might be a mistake. Cam Ward resigned. You see that? I did. And you know, they only offered him like $3 million, which is smart for Carolina because he's not worth like a, yeah, we'll see. I mean, it'll be interesting to see, you know, the sharks very well may not retain any of their unrestricted free agents. I'm trying to think who are we missing. I mean, probably there might be a, there is, I think there's a, at least one restricted in there, but, but anyway, yeah, I don't think Reimer is coming back. 
He's not. He's yeah. not coming back because right. someone's going to give him two or three million bucks, and he's and the Sharks will not pay a backup goaltender that that amount. Well, no, that'd be they'll like with, the same as they're paying Martin Jones, right? Like, you know, right. So they'll go with Aaron Dell or well, whoever. I mean, but th- that really that really backfired on them earlier in the year. You know, yeah. I mean, they may decide that it's worth the investment to have someone like Reimer around. You know, what? Here's we're. Maybe jumping ahead to a topic for next week, but I'll ask the question right now. I mean, if you had $3 million to spend, would you rather have them sign James Reimer or Roman Polak? I mean, not Roman Polak. At $3 million, someone's going to give him that. Okay, well, then not Roman Polak. So I, you'd rather have James Reimer at the three? If I had to give $3 million to one of those two guys, yeah, I guess I'd rather give it to James Reimer because okay. I don't think we have a James Reimer in the system right now, but I right. might look at Dylan DeMello and say, hey, kid, let's let's make it happen. Well, uh, Dylan DeMello, but then also, like, you know, is Mirko Mueller ready next year? Yeah. Like, I mean, that's the guy who, you know, we're – that's the blue chip prospect, right? Mm-hmm. Him and, and – uh, Or is he going to be Nick Petrecki? No, I don't think I don't I don't think that we're looking at that type of situation. I certainly yet. haven't heard a lot of good things about Mueller this year. Let's put it that way. I mean, I you know, not that I followed the Barracuda as closely as I probably should have, but I wouldn't say any I I certainly didn't see any reports that says Mirko Mueller's churning up the AHL when he's ready for an NHL job. Right. Let's put it that way. Okay. Well, I I don't know if we we should put him in Nick Patrecki territory. Yet, <laughs> no, that's, no, you're that's right. It's a little harsh. That's certainly too early you know? for that. Um, too early for that. You know, certainly not in the Taylor Doherty camp yet either. Right. Um, but might um, be in the Taylor Swift camp. Ooh, hey, uh, like Tom Hiddleston. Ooh. Anyway, ooh. Uh, <laughs> uh, Randy Carlisle back for his second stint in Anaheim, dude. <laughs> that's <laughs> what that, what's that's that hilarious. What I mean, yeah. I mean, the only thing I can think of is maybe some of the players wanted him back. You think sure. like you think like Ryan Getzlaff or somebody said Maybe. let's go get him. Sure, that's you know, the only thing I can think that, of. That's fine. I think that team is a mess, and the Kings are in yeah a little bit above neutral right now. Right. If you're looking at who will win the Pacific, I think you would pick the Sharks right now. I mean, I would yeah. pick the Sharks to win the Pacific. Like I think that they're the better team of those three teams. They proved that. Mm-hmm. Although, you know, they got hot at the right time, but I still think they're better than those two teams. We thought that going into the playoffs, mm-hmm. and they proved that to be right. So um, it'll be interesting to see what the Ducks do personnel-wise if they're going to now transform this to be more of a Carlisle team because yeah. Yeah. their current roster doesn't really match that very no. well. No. So are they going to go back to the you know sort of goony? Like duck ways, you know, and and we'll see. You know, they're gonna have to do some some personnel changes to to make that happen. Uh, Mike Yo signing with the St. Louis Blues to be the next head coach after Hitch hein- hangs him up. That's stupid. Is that not stupid? For who? For the Blues. No, I thought that was weird. It's super weird. I I mean, basically, what they're saying is. We need the we need to have this guy under contract because there's not going to be anybody else that we would rather have than Mike Yo either now or in a year. And I just find that that's crazy. Like he took a pretty talent loaded Minnesota team and went absolutely nowhere. Why is he the guy that you're gonna anoint as the next coach? Like there's gonna be somebody else on the market that you're probably gonna want. It's uh, this is all good news for yeah. the sharks. Yeah, I, I mean, th- like yeah, it, it's, it's true. all good news for the sharks. You don't see them getting better because of it. Um, 
a team that I think will get better because their new coach is the Minnesota Wild. Yeah. I think Bruce Boudreaux, much like Pete DeBoer, seems to have an infusion of energy right. on the team that he takes over, and especially in the first year. And that team, you look at their roster, like that team isn't really like a hardworking, hard checking type of roster. That's right. got like Thomas Vonick on it, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, like those, like, in Boudreaux's system, like they might do really well. They could, like they, they could, could really. But he had the same kind of system in Washington with Backstrom and Ovechkin and all these sort of players that weren't seem to be very tough, and they didn't go very far with those guys. But they did well in the regular season because I mean, he had like three of the best players in the league. Sure. Well, I think that Minnesota has good players. They okay. They have good players. Yeah. I mean, it's not a talent deficiency. Yeah, there. they're not like yeah. You know so. That'll be just. I think it'll be interesting to see what they do now to match their coach in terms of their roster. Well, dude, let's come back next week. We'll do maybe a a little rundown of where teams stand and where the Sharks stand going into the draft. Yeah, and make some calls about that and and go into this off season, which will be the shortest off season in Sharks history. That's right. I mean, we're so we've usually beaten this to a pulp <laughs> I know. we've already had like by five, now usually we, we're five podcasts into the free agent market at this point in time. and we've actually been talking about sharks hockey which i'm grateful for dude yeah me too all, all right. right all right dude go sharks go sharks hate the show want to get your questions on the air Email questions at dudesonhockey.com. Dudes on Hockey is not affiliated with the San Jose Sharks organization or the National Hockey League.